Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello and welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here and I'm so grateful that you've chosen to take some time in your day to listen to this episode. If you're listening the week or so that this episode releases, we're about two weeks into 2024 and I don't know about you, but I'm still trying to figure out exactly what I want this year to look like. I mean, I mean, even if you're listening well after the release, you may be trying to figure out what you want your future to look like. For me, it's kind of an ongoing process. I I try really hard to stay flexible in this way because I want to be open to whatever the universe has in store. Have you ever done that thing where you uh, pick a word for the year? I'd never done it until last year, and then I picked the word authentic. My goal was to have a year filled with choices and decisions and actions that were really authentic to me, who I want to be, how I wanted to take the direction of my life, and to quit doing things that weren't in touch with my authentic self as I understood it in the moment. And I made some gigantic missteps, to be really honest with you, but I also made some great choices. Some really hard ones, too, where I let people down in order to return to that deep core of myself. And despite the difficulty of it, generally, I'm very pleased with the work I did, even if it wasn't easy. And of course, it's not done. But this year, I'm doing the word thing again, and I've chosen a line. Very similar, I think. But thanks to what I already did, I have a good handle, I think for now, a good handle on what is authentic. Now it's time to work in alignment with that core self, which brings us to today's guest. She's a repeat guest because on our last episode, number 189 on chakra science, Terry Lee and I touched on affirmations, but we didn't have time to explore them. So I invited her back to talk about how to create affirmations that work, affirmations that are aligned with what we want in life. And while it's simple, it's not as easy as you might imagine. But Terry Lee takes us through the process and explains why each step is so important. Have you ever tried affirmations and then decided they just didn't work for you? Well, it turns out that it may be the wording, the intention, the sound of the words themselves, a mismatch between your body and your brain. So many things that could potentially stand between us and the fulfillment of our affirmation. Terry Lee is going to help us clear all that up with her usual pragmatic, practical, and kind advice. As a mindfulness coach and chakras expert, Terry Lee is a wisdom weaver, monkey mind shusher, stress whisperer, happiness amplifier, and negativity crusher. Terry Lee helps spiritually minded, sensitive souls through critical life events and major life changes, such as divorces or breakups, grief, 
and loss, career shifts or retirement, caring for a sick loved one, or significant health challenges and body changes. Terry Lee has taught over 200,000 students and worked privately with over 2,000 clients. With a master's degree in teaching and over 20 years experience in yoga and mindfulness and a passion for neuroscience and brain and nervous system training, she provides scientific and practical approaches to spirituality and personal growth teachings. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Terry Lee, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me again. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so when last we met, we were talking about your specific method that you use to balance the chakras. And you mentioned um, affirmations and how they need to be put together specifically in a, in a particular way so that they work. And so today <laughs> I want to talk about like, why, why aren't our affirmations working and how can we make, um, you know, small changes so that they, they do work in the way that we're, that we're hoping they will. So I guess let's first start with just a very brief sort of what is an affirmation um, and why should we, why should we use them in our chakra balancing practice and just in our lives? Affirmation, I also use somewhat interchangeably with the word intention, mm -hmm. is the activation of a thought in our minds. But if we don't work with it right, it just sort of gets stuck in our heads and kind of a loop in our brains. And we need to get those affirmations, intentions, those thoughts to be things that move through our nervous system into our bodies. And once they're in our bodies, then we can actually transform them into action because our bodies are what do and our minds are what create. So we need that two-step level. And that's why what we talked about last time with the Mosey method being a three-step approach to balancing your chakras. Mm -hmm. You think a thought, you do an action, you breathe a breath, that triad of mind, body, spirit. It's the same thing with affirmations and just we're getting a deeper layer into it today. The affirmation or the intention is the actual thought, the creation of something we want to manifest or achieve in our lives. And the first step is to create an affirmation or an intention that is very clear, very concise, so that the body can receive it in a way that the body can then transform it into action. So I've heard things like you can't use a negative affirmation because your body can't hear negatives or, or something like that. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yes. The brain works very, very, very fast. And so when you use a negative, your brain is going to think and send that negative thought through your body and your body's going to feel that negative. So if you're speaking your affirmation in the negative and then countering it with an opposite. So for example, I am not angry. Your brain hears the word angry and sends that word through your system and then has to reverse it with the not. So you're actually um, getting a contradictory message through your system. You're sending so you're yourself much, your own mixed messages. Right, right. Because you you're actually hearing and feeling the word angry. And then you have to back yourself out of that with the word not. So you're much better off to phrase that 
affirmation or that intention in the immediate positive of what you want to create rather than what you don't want to have. And so you could say, I am calm, which would be a, an easier thing for your body to understand. But if I'm understanding just from our previous conversations, when we select the word, you might not want to feel calm. You So, so you have to really select the thing that you say you are with great care. Yes. Let's get into that a little bit. Like how to select the I am whatever specific thing we want to be. So for example, if you're in a moment of anger and you are trying to not be angry, and instead of saying, I am not angry, you say, I am calm, but you don't feel any sense of calm in your body. You're going to have a fight going on between your brain and your body. That's mm -hmm. not going to work either. You want to activate an intention that matches something you're already feeling that you want to amplify. So instead of saying, I am not angry, and instead of saying, I am calm, because none of those are really what you want to achieve and what you actually have going on, you might say, I am passionate. And that takes that energy of the angry, but it flips it a little bit inside out because mm -hmm. it's still a very active, a very kinetic energy, the word passionate but it's giving a synonym to the word angry that is something you do want to achieve. That makes so much sense to me. I feel like I have in points in my life intuitively done that in some ways when I've been feeling afraid or scared or nervous, I try to redirect that anger and say, I'm excited, right? Because right. sometimes that feels the same. Excitement can feel the same as nervous in my body. But if my brain is like, I am excited about this prospect as opposed to I am nervous about this situation is that kind of what you mean like a, exactly a reframe? exactly it is a reframe to get your brain and your body to talk to each other in the same language and you don't want them talking to each other in opposite languages and you don't want to talk them, them talking to each other in too many negatives or double negatives or triple negatives mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. it gets to be too much going on so that's another thing like not speaking in the negative which I just did <laughs> <laughs> speaking only in the positive but also stating your affirmation in very short and simple terms because mm -hmm. I hear so often people will spend these hours and hours and hours creating these intentions or the affirmations or these mission statements and they end up being full paragraphs and full paragraphs are just too much for the body to absorb all at once. So you want to simplify, 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 and look at that full paragraph and call it down to no more than five to seven words total. Oh, and really? Two of, the two of those words being I am. So the longest affirmation you'd ever want to do would be I am and three words. Okay, so very, very clear and short. Yes. Um... So that it's, there's no mistaking what you're trying to say. We don't, what we're looking to do is reduce any confusion when it gets from exactly. your brain to your body. The body's like, I know exactly what that is. Cause it's so easy in that paragraph to throw in a negative or to say something you don't quite intend or to give an energy of something that you don't, you're unconscious about. So you want to be very careful and precise in choosing the words in only three short powerful words. 
But that's another piece that's really key is that you want to choose a powerful word. If you, if you choose a word that's overused, doesn't have power and meaning within you, or doesn't really resonate with your moods and emotions, it's going to be just that. It's going to fall flat. And this and is so, why you recommend people sort of create their own affirmations or work with, like you're a coach, you help people design those affirmations, but rather than just like Googling one. Right, right. Because you want it to be something that activates moods and emotions within you. And because when you get a word that triggers a mood and emotion, that's when the hormones and the energies in your body really get going. And when you feel something, that's when the action becomes more of a reality. So for example, one of the very common affirmations that people want to use is I am abundant, mm. but the word abundant is way overused and it, it loses a lot of its power. And then people might say, instead of I am abundant, they might say I am wealthy. But then if they're saying I'm wealthy and they don't feel wealthy and they don't really own that feeling somewhere inside themselves, then they're contradicting themselves because they're not feeling it. They're like, they're saying I'm wealthy, but they're not. And then they're just amplifying the feeling of not being wealthy and feeling more in lack. Okay. Or even the word I am rich. Well, you can turn that a little bit around in your brain. I am rich with all these other things, but maybe I'm not rich with money. But again, those are words that are way overused. They've almost become diluted because they're used so often. So I recommend that you use words that are not common that create some sort of feeling inside you. So I'll give you my personal abundance affirmation. I am lusciously luxurious. <laughs> Does that make you feel lusciously luxurious? It does. And you yeah. know what I can do is as I'm saying that affirmation, I can remember, I can bring up a memory in my mind that then triggers the moods and emotions and the hormones in my body of a time that I did feel luscious and luxurious. And whether that was a time I would have, was at a spa or a time I was bathing in the sun, I can create a memory where, oh yeah, I have that in me. I know what it's like to be lusciously luxurious. Okay, so we have these affirmations that speak to things we do feel um, so that we have this emotional trigger, we have this connection to the body and the body can take action. Um, when the body takes action, do we move closer to these other things that we want to be? Like, since, since we're talking about it, you know, you feel say like, oh, sunbathing or being at a spa really has nothing to do with like, actual money in your bank account but then if that is your like sort of say end goal does it move you closer because you're able to have that sense of abundance tell me the process there how does that work <laughs> how that works goes back to the science of how the brain works and I don't remember if we talked about this in our last call but in our last podcast it goes back to the reticular activating system which is the part of your brain the RAS that filters information that comes in from the outside world. And so if you're saying lusciously luxurious, or you're saying these words that activate these memories of times you have had these things, your RAS is going to say, oh, that's important to you. That memory you had was important. So now if you keep repeating that memory 
in your system, your RAS is going to say, if that's important, I'm going to point out to you other times that happen in your world that are also lusciously luxurious. And you're going to be more receptive to receiving those times as they appear in your world. Because wealth and abundance is out there. We just, as individuals in our brains, we shut it off because we focus on what we think is there and our RAS has filtered them in or out. So by flipping that affirmation and activating that trigger in our bodies and our nervous system, it tells your reticular activation system in your brain to flip that filter and start seeing that thing more and more often. And so this would work with all manner of things, right? We're, we're talking about whatever wealth, abundance, et cetera. That's a very common one, but it would work also with, uh, I am peaceful or something like that. Then you would start to notice your, your RAS would say, you are peaceful now notice this. And then we start, when we start to notice things, when we start to be aware of them, we experience them more and then we become more so of the thing that we are affirming daily. Am I understanding right? Have I got the, have I got the handle on it? Yes. That's a great example because let's look at the word peaceful and the energy of the concept of peace. Now there's many, many synonyms we could come up with tranquility, calm, serenity, all those different synonyms. And you got to play with yourself, which synonym makes you feel the most tranquil, peace, serene, whatever. However, when you're in a world, there is chaos and peace everywhere. You could be in a very chaotic situation and everything's going all over crazy. But if your brain is trained in its RAS to find the peace, even when there's chaos, you might for a moment look out the window and see a bird on the tree. And that bird on the tree is peacefully singing. You wouldn't notice that if your RAS hadn't filtered that through in the midst of all the chaos going on inside the room. And so your RAS is more aware to notice the things that are that thing, even when the opposite of it is occurring at the same time. So the affirmation or the intention, I think you said this earlier, acts as an amplifier for things that already exist that you might not notice otherwise. It acts as a brain trainer almost. Exactly. Exactly. Which then, like we talked about last time, when you're training your brain, you're training your chakras. And when you're training your chakras, you're rewiring how your energy and your world works. You're not changing the outside world at all. That's always going to be the way it is. You're changing your perception of it and you're changing your reality and your experience of it. The, The opposites of everything is always existing in the world. For example, I have a client who's going through a very challenging time in that she's a recent widow. She recently suddenly lost her husband. And at the same time, she's reconnecting with amazing people in her past that are developing these new and powerful relationships that she hadn't paid attention to for 30 years. So she's going through both this intense pain and grief, and at the same time, this intense love and joy with these new relationships that, oh, your husband died. I haven't talked to you in 30 years. Let's reconnect. Those are very opposite emotions and they can coexist. Mm -hmm. You can live with grief and pain 
at the same time as having joy and love. And you can notice and feel them both at the same time. And the person who notices and feels them both co coincide. And I don't want to say coincidentally, because mm -hmm. that implies that it's accidental, but they are coinciding at the same time. That's a very full experience of life. And that joy offsets and almost, it doesn't amplify or decrease the grief. It just makes it more valid and beautiful. Yeah, and that then frames your judgmental space for it. Right. And then that create, creates this ex existential experience of life that your chakras are able to balance these opposites in much more power. Well, so going back to affirmation, I'm this client is affirming to herself, I am grieving and I am living. Right, because the like you said the affirmation isn't to change the outside world all of this i am living affirmation in the world isn't going to bring the husband back right that is still going right. to be a thing because we're not looking to fight reality we're just looking to um, maybe experience reality in a different way and accept it and, and then find it. the beauty in it even if it is painful okay i think that is so interesting because I think sometimes we think we're using affirmations to change the world. Like we're, right. we're maybe like our attention and maybe that's another reason why they're not working is because we don't have, exactly. we're using them kind of in a way that they're, they, they're not intended to be used. Right. 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 So that's interesting. Um, You're using them as a tool to do something that they're not meant to do. They're not meant to change the outside world. Yeah. They're meant to change your inner perception of the outside world. Right. Like using a hammer to screw a screw is never going to work. That's just because this is the wrong tool for that job. Right. And so we're to use our affirmation hammer on an affirmation nail as opposed to something right. else. Do you recommend or do you work through with your clients like all of these synonyms? Because I do feel like I could easily um, sort of just for me, drop to what would seem to be the most common. Like, again, let's go to that peaceful one. I am peaceful. That was the first thing that popped into my head. And I do love the word peaceful. But then you said like, tranquility, serenity. Oh, maybe that's actually closer to what I'm looking for. Right. Do you recommend people work through synonyms? And then how, how do you how do you work through a list of <laughs> synonyms and determine which one is right for you? So that is the work of a linguist that and yes if you're doing this on your own make a big list of synonyms and read each one out loud and see how each one feels for you when i work one-on-one -on -one with the client it takes that a whole nother elevated level because i am a linguist i've spent my entire life studying sound and words and letters and how they evoke different emotions and so one of the things i do is i not only come up with synonyms but I come up with careful linguistic tools, almost poetic, onomatopoeic, and alliterative. So go back to luscious, luxurious. The L sound, the X sound, the UR sound, luscious, the U of that has a whole different energy because that sound is creating almost like a music does. It trips your nerves in different ways. And it's going to trip my nerves different than it's going to trip someone else. 
So I play with words. And as I'm playing with words, I'm watching my clients and paying attention to their auras and chakras and seeing how they're shifting as I'm using different words. And I can pick out the different letters and the different combinations and the different poetic devices, alliteration, onomatopoeia, rhyme, and so forth. But also paying attention to the different types of sounds. Like an L is very lingering. It's a sound that can go on and on and on. Well, that's why I chose it for the abundance manifestation or affirmation, because I want something that lingers. I want abundance to linger like an L, you know. Oh, interesting, because if you, I am rich, and then the word's it, over, it's done. It's like, I got it once. Yeah, Boom. I am I got rich. a whole bunch. The end, I, like you feel the end of that sentence. It's a hard stop. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you want to listen to the ways the sounds work, and then choose, if you want a harsh sound, you're going to, if you want a harsh powerful use a k a c something like that or a d mm-hmm. if you want something bouncy use a b or a p if you want something soft and mothering use an m or a w or an n or even an f it's very feminine so one of my p- best examples that's easiest to show about how sounds work is a client came to me saying i'm a strong independent woman how many women say that I'm a strong, independent woman. And the sounds of that word, though, that affirmation, very T, very D, very strong, which is masculine sounds, very masculine sounds in that affirmation. So I told her to shift it to, I am a phenomenal woman, which has that F, M, and N sounds, which is very womanly, very feminine sounds without even saying the word feminine. And the word phenomenal has that growing voluptuous energy to it and it it totally changed her energy she became more feminine rather than forceful masculine she became more feminine but she didn't lose the strength she just translated the strength from masculine to feminine yeah in a way that made sense for who she was yeah so you want to choose which which letters you're using as well as the meanings that those words have for you and sometimes it's it's not a word. Sometimes it's a metaphor. Like I have another client that her affirmation is I am Hawk. Hmm. And that evokes a whole emotion for her that is many words in one because it gives her the image of a Hawk, which is flying and free, but it also has the sharp beak and talons of strong and predatorial and powerful. And then you think of all the magic and totem Native American medicine around the concept of hawk. And it means so much more. So as we're selecting our our words for our affirmations, there's a, it sounds like there's just an extraordinary amount to consider, but this is why it should be done so carefully. And again, just going back to it, this is why our, like, here's my top 10 affirmations maybe aren't working for you specifically because they weren't designed for you specifically they don't evoke those emotions right i feel like if i said i am hawk i'd be like what i don't even know what that means right but that's not because it's not for me exactly so like i might something i am falcon you know i don't know just something that is more specific to each individual and so you obviously coach people through that, but it feels like also for potentially people could kind of play with it. it might take longer, but they could, but you could play with it and 
and explore it and note those vibrations yeah. in your body. Cause it sounds like it's really more about the emotional trigger than it is about the yes. word itself, but the word itself has the emotional triggers. Yes. <laughs> and the way the word triggers the emotions is through the sounds in the letters, as well as the connotation that we hold and the perception of what that word means to us individually and personally. So it is a very personal process. And when I work with clients, we do, we spend an hour to 90 minutes just creating one affirmation sometimes. Mm -hmm. And once we get that affirmation, then we spend time creating the physical action that links that thought to the body and working with that to create the breath that works with that to, to manifest a full Mosey method exercise that only takes 10 seconds once you have it. Right. <laughs> yes. We talked about that last time, right? It's very short. It's doable. You could do it a hundred times a day. Um, right. But the creation of it is the, is the important thing. Right. And then over time it might evolve. Okay. As you, you know, the lusciously luxurious might evolve into just luxury. As you use it over time, it might even condense itself more, or it might evolve into something different that's similar, but now you've got that feeling and you want it to shift. It, it's an organic process that is never quite static. I think that's wonderful though. Like things that aren't static make me hopeful because it feels like then you're not at the end right? That you're right. always in a, a moving state of flow, right? I'm not like, oh, and then I've reached the end and I am now currently <laughs> luxurious, luxury. Like now I'm done, right? Like there's no sense. Done of never happens. That's not the laws of science. The oh, laws yeah, of the yeah. universe is it's constantly flowing, constantly evolving, constantly right. cycling and shifting and changing. Which is why when people say, well, how will I know if my chakras are balanced? I'm like, oh, if you ever get there, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you ever have that moment where you're like, I'm perfectly in alignment. And then you're able to hold on to it. Like, <laughs> amazing. Um, but uh, so I, I think that's really fascinating. I want to ask, and I hope this isn't a dumb question. Um, but affirmations, we, you said, you know, two of your five words are I am. And it truly needs to be, I am not, I will, or I want, or I could, right. It, it's supposed to be in the present tense. Can you, can you talk a little bit about why that yes. is? There's, there's two sides to that. There's a connotative conceptual. What does the word I am actually mean? And you pointed that out. If you're saying I will, you're putting it in the future. And the future never really happens. It's always something out about to happen. So you want it in this present moment so that you can actually experience it here and now. And you don't want it in the past either. And you want it as something that is attainable that you're feeling right now in this moment to activate that trigger in your emotions in your body. So there's that piece. The connotative I am actually means right here, right now, I am owning this feeling. But then there's also a deeper level of what the words I am mean. And that goes back to breath. Mm -hmm. When you breathe, inhale and out, exhale, the, the sound that makes is soham or hamsa. And in Sanskrit, soham, hamsa literally translates to I am, I am that. I am part of the whole. 
I am part of the whole universe and everything because what I breathe in is the air of the world and the air of spirit. And what I breathe out is the air of me, the air of spirit. And spirit is constantly cycling. So, so hum, hamsa, that sound of breath. If you listen to it, your breath actually sounds like so hum. You're, you're affirming that concept of I am part of everything. And so the words I am are necessary because it's showing you that I am part of this. This is part of me. It's part of the whole universe. And I'm open to being aware of that and receiving that. And then you add that one, two, or three more words after it. And that's just training your wrath that part of the whole universe is this, this, and this. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was like, oh, that's, I am part of the universe, including the calm parts, including the abundant parts, including the whatever it is that you're hoping for in your life to experience more of. I am They're part all of the there. world that already contains that. Right. So. And there's the shadow side of that too, where you are also the chaos, the confusion, all those things do exist. And so in the Soham Hamsa, you ever have to recognize that you can't make those things go away. Mm -hmm. You can't make them stop. They're out there. They're always out there. The, the dualistic nature of the world exists and we can embrace both. And right. we can notice and affirm those that we're feeling is lacking when those that are over abundant and too much, we can, we can notice these more so that these soften. It doesn't make them any less. It just makes us be able to accept them more. Hence the widow. She's accepting the grieving because she's also embracing the joy. I think it's like when a lot of people want to balance, like, let's say the root chakra and they're like, I have so much fear. I want to get rid of the fear and I want to feel secure. And the fact is the fear is also part of all that is and will continue to exist what we want to do, I think is like you said, soften it or balance as opposed yes. to shut off any one part of the world. We want to balance it so that we experience all of the, all of the right. parts, in, but in ways that, that make more sense for us. Or, exactly. Or Cause we a little need, bit more comfortable. We need the fear. Mm -hmm. If we don't have fear, we're going to run off a cliff because it looks like fun. <laughs> Fear is what keeps us safe. Fear is what helps us temper our whims into some sort of balanced emotion. So mm -hmm. we need both sides of everything. So we need but the fear for survival, balance. but we want, don't want too much fear because that keeps us small. And it doesn't, right. doesn't lead us into that abundance to right. use a common word. And if our blinders are totally focused on just the fear, we're ignoring this whole world of freedom and mm -hmm. joy and expression. So we want to take down the blinders, keep the fear and recognize there's all this too. It's all there. Yeah. It's not like, a, it's not like an, or one or the other. It's a both and situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I, I want to talk about sort of the musicality and the resonance of language and words because affirmations, the way we're talking about them now and intentions feel like they would work best in your native language or a language that you speak very well, um, that your brain understands. 
is that true because that's where you have the most the the, mo the richest emotional connection it could be but that's not to say that a sanskrit affirmation doesn't work mm -hmm. or a spanish affirmation doesn't work if you hear a word and it really feels good to you then you go with the feeling okay so another example tranquilo is a word in spanish that my husband uses to get my dog to calm down. <laughs> it's your dog's just, affirmation. <laughs> it's her affirmation. Tranquilo. And the way he says it is very tranquil. Tranquilo. Mm -hmm. And she hears it and she knows, oh, <laughs> you know, and it, it's Spanish and it doesn't mean anything to me, but it does to him. And because it does to him, when he says it to her, it calms both of them down. Interesting. And so, and, and Spanish isn't his native language. I studied a lot of Sanskrit because yes. of my yoga practice. And in that studying of Sanskrit, I've listened to many, many chants. And oftentimes those chants are connected to vibrations of music that have moved me to tears. I have no idea what the real meaning of the word is because so much of it gets lost in translation. Right. In the cognitive understanding of it but I have a visceral body emotion understanding of it that is much more powerful than the cognitive. So if I say I am Shanti or just the word Shanti, because I've repeated that, that affirmation in chanting and I feel it on the musical chanting level, it's much more powerful to me than the word peace, which is the literal cognitive translation of Shanti. I think that must be why mantra works because mantra is like affirmations to me, like uh, on a different level, right? To me, it's more of a primal level to me, yes. something that something that sits below my level of like understanding. I have the same sort of experience with Sanskrit for a lot of the same reasons, right? You, as, as you're studying yoga, you learn this and they, you know, and they talk about the creation of the Sanskrit language being you know, right. the ancients spending generations exploring the sound and making sure that the sounds all work together right. and resonate with the various frequencies of the universe, which is all wonderful and beautiful. Um, and so I'm just, I guess I was just curious about using words from other languages or, and so you're saying it's fine if that is something that means something to you, because again, like we were saying, it's not about the word. It's about right. the emotional, the, the connections, the experience of the word right. and the letters and the sounds of the vowels and all of that are just are part of that. Exactly. What about like a made up word? Am I, is that, am I going too far now? That, no, that works great. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're that kind of person, my husband is a linguist and he writes music all the time and he's always making up words. And when he makes up those words, they have power for him. And sometimes made up words have more power too. Like I remember way back in the eighties, I didn't know this was a word. I thought it was something that Bill Cosby made up when he called it a Zerbert, the little thing you oh, do yeah, on yeah. someone's mm -hmm. belly to make them dig giggle. And th there's no vowels in that word, it's Z-R-R-B-T, <laughs> you know, but that has so much power as a made up concept. I also think sort of, you know, at some point all words were made up. So 
What's the harm of making yeah. up yet another one? Right. right. I, yeah, I just and if you make it up using different letters that evoke that emotion. Biggle bubble. What is biggle bubble? It's not a word, but it certainly makes you feel bouncy. Certainly makes you and feel it has a, it has a lot more bounciness than bouncy. Biggle bubble. Biggle bubble. Okay. Okay. So maybe that's the emotional connection that you want. So once somebody has created the the perfect affirmation for where they are right now, what's the best way to even use one? Is it, I mean, are you a stare at yourself in the mirror and shout it five times <laughs> kind of lady? Are you a sit quietly with it? Should they be said aloud? Like, what a, well, now I have the perfect affirmation. Uh, <laughs> I, I am big old bubble or whatever you say. <laughs> like, what do I do with that? What do, where do I the answer is yes, all of the above. All of the above, okay. Whichever action, physical doing of something evokes that emotion in you, do that. If sitting quietly is part of it, if journaling about it is part of it, if meditating on it is part of it, if chanting it is part of it, all those things work. What works most with how the brain works is the more you do it, the better repetition. The brain needs repetition to build those neurological wirings to make it automatic. And once it's automatic and you're doing it automatically, then it becomes your reality because it just is. So what I do encourage is my clients, I once we've got the affirmation, we link it to a physical action, something they physically do with their body that matches the intention. And we link it to a breath, Mosey method. Right. body, mind, breath, and they practice that body, mind, breath as many times a day as they possibly can. It's only 10 seconds. So you can do it while standing in line. You can do it while showering. You can do it while brushing your teeth. You can do it while doing dishes. You can do it while playing with your kid. You do it as often as you can. And the more often you do it, the faster it becomes a reality. And the faster it becomes a reality, the more it becomes automatic. And as soon as it becomes automatic, that is just how your life is now. And then it needs to evolve. And then it evolves. Do you, in your practice, create a, do you have people do one affirmation at a time, like until it becomes part of their life? Or do you have multiple affirmations? I feel like sometimes I hear practices where people say like three or four or five affirmations kind of in a row. Do you think it's more effective to just like really focus on one and like integrate that into your being. What are your thoughts yes. on that? Okay. And yes. And I love that. It's both. And <laughs> it's both. And so some people really need just one. Typically when I work with clients, I take them through a series of 10 sessions with me and it's session number two that we do the intentions after they learn the breathing. Right. And so in session number two, we usually come up with three intentions depending on the client. And then we track those intentions over the next several weeks as they learn each chakra and balance and align each chakra with that, those three intentions. Sometimes those three intentions are interconnected with each other. And sometimes they're completely different aspects of their lives and their worlds that they want to focus on and, and track as they go through the process. It really depends on the person and some people are very multidimensional people and three isn't enough. Some people are very linear and one is all they want to handle. So yes, I could, also, 
yeah, I could, yeah. I could also see like what's happening in your life right now that you and you're that you're trying to bring this affirmation into, right? If your life is right extraordinarily busy or there's a lot of different things going on, one might be a way that you sort of like focus in and 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 you know, bring peace or whatever it is, focus to your life as opposed to like, and I'm going to work on these eight aspects of my whole <laughs> life, right? Like, I mean, and sometimes you might be in a place where that's fine. And other times it might feel better to just be like, I just need a second to focus on one little thing. Right. Um, so that's very interesting. Um, does I each... personally usually work with three at a time. Three at a time. And then I notice as they evolve, it's, they tend to blend into one. Like they, I'll have three different aspects of my life that I'm working on in three different affirmations. And as I work with those three, they subtly mold into one. And then, oh, I've already got that. It's maybe time to look at a different one. Interesting. That is so fascinating. But that makes a lot of sense, right? Like that, that they would evolve and grow towards each other as you become more adept at noticing right. the things and making it your reality. Um, well, that's so very interesting. Um, I think that was sort of all my questions. I had, <laughs> I feel like I had a lot of things I really wanted to know about this because I hear that all the time, right? Like I get up every morning and I do my affirmations and they're, they're simply not working. Um, and so this is sort of an explanation as to why they're not working, but also a really solid like scientific reason about why affirmations do work, right? It's not yeah. necessarily some sort of esoteric mystical thing. It's, it's, it's science. It's, it's science. Your brain yeah. Works. I mean, I, yeah, I, everybody go back and listen to our, my first interview with Terry Lee. I'll link it in the show notes, but like we really dig into the science of the brain and the nervous system and how the energy travels through all of that. And then this is just a really deep dive into one tiny aspect of all of the things that we talked about on that episode. So if you haven't listened already, I absolutely encourage you to go back and, and take a take a closer look. Um, Terry Lee, what have you got kind of going on right now with your, are you currently accepting clients? I know you have a program coming up, sort of depending on when people are listening to this. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about where we can find out more about you. I am currently accepting clients and I do work one-on-one -on -one with clients through both a long intensive chakra program. If you just want to work with me on affirmations, we can do that as well. So you can find me on my website, terrylee.com to work with me privately one-on-one -on -one. in a group program. I run a group program every January through September where we work in a group of 10 to 15 people. And I take you through the system as a community a cohort, so to speak, that works through all the chakras. You develop intentions, you each develop your own personal intentions, but you have a group of people to help bounce those ideas off of and come up with new ideas with each other. And then you work as a friendship group to really support each other through balancing and aligning and learning how to work with and calibrate each of your seven chakras over those nine months. So that's starting the third Thursday in January. So you can find that also the group mastermind on my website. In terms of this particular podcast, I do have a standalone online course on my website called Affirmations oh, cool. that teaches this in a little bit more detail of what letters mean, what sounds, what 
energies are coming with each sound and how to, it'll walk you through how to write your own affirmation. I think that would be extremely beneficial because I think uh, we don't even really consider all of those other possibilities of the emotional triggers of the letters and the sounds. And I mean, every, every sound has a, a literal resonance in your head and in your body and in your throat. Um, and so it, I think learning more about the actual details of that is really interesting. Um, well, I just wanted to say, Terry Lee, thank you so much for coming back because when we started this, <laughs> this was supposed to be a one episode situation. And then I was like, I think I need more information about that. Um, simply because I do feel like we, we get stuck in these like lists of common affirmations and now we've learned really how to personalize them and make them sort of work better for our lives. And this is a really good way to understand how to put that together and why. So thank you so, so much for all of that. It's an honor to work with you, Sarah. I think we have really stimulating conversations. I agree. I look forward to our next one. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my friend, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. I hope you can take what we discussed here and start to create affirmations that really work for you. I know I've already changed my approach after Terry Lee and I talked. Remember to visit her website to learn more about her work and also to join me on Facebook and Instagram. It's your chakra coach everywhere. Have an amazing day and we will talk again soon. Bye.